Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it's currently 8 a.m. on, uh, I nearly said Tuesday, Monday, the 14th of December. You need to start looking at the date before you start these <laughs> every week. <laughs> on today's show, we, we were meant to have a guest, uh, the NBA Buzz you would have seen them on Facebook and Instagram. NBA Buzz owner and creator, runner, all that. Uh, Mikey D, I forgot how to pronounce his last name, but Mikey was supposed to come on today. But he actually contracted coronavirus over the last few days. He lives in New York State, I believe. So best wishes to Mikey and we'll have him on another time. Um, so... This pod and next pod will be the last two pods before the season starts uh, because the season starts next Tuesday, US time, uh, next Wednesday, uh, Australian time, where we are. But we're going to take this chance to do part one of the season preview, go through all the teams, and we're going to tell you what we think your team is going to do and our prediction for this season and also, we're going to talk about the events and stuff that's happened in the last week or so. It's going to be a great show. It's time for tip off. When he's sticking you, and taking all your money. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not, do not throw anything on the board if you injure a player on either team. Decker's going to the penalty. Oh, falls down. A clear path to the basket and slipped and fell much to the right of the guard and drive. I'm surprised by that, and and the players are telling him not to be doing that. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I am joined by a guy who doesn't talk to pawns because his attention <laughs> his attention is worth more. Usually, when uh, someone mentions me in porn in a sentence, it goes in a different direction. <laughs> um, yeah, Kyrie Irving, not talking to pawns. What a. I mean, we've spoken about Kyrie a lot, and I know your thoughts, you know my thoughts, but he just keeps digging in his grave and becoming more unlikable and more insufferable every single day. So, Kyrie Irving was fined. Kyrie Irving and the Nets were fined $25,000 because he sent an email to a media representative and said, I'm not going to speak to the media. I am going to, this is it. Here you go. And then after the fine, he was quoted saying, I do not talk to pawns. My attention is worth more. Did I say attention again or attention? What? It's 8 a.m. It's 8.30 a.m., guys. Um, I keep thinking I'm saying tension, not attention. No, you it's said attention. I'm attention. pretty sure. The, uh, anyway, his attention is worth more. Kyrie Irving, he is full of fun. Did you see his live um, Instagram live with KD? 
where he said he should post up eight times a game. Yeah. Did you see it though? <laughs> no, no. So he's sitting, I know they're joking, but he's sitting on Instagram live in a room full of like paintings on the floor. And I'm like, this is just, I'm like, this is just classic. This is so, you know, very, very Kyrie. Not to say that artists and painters are, um, airy fairy or like free world or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? Like he's embracing his, he's so, you know, in the moment, Kyrie. All right. He's, uh, he's a type of bloke that tries to sound smarter than he is. And like every sentence he says, it's like he's plucked out of a thesaurus and doesn't know what half the words actually mean and just sort of strung it together and hope it works and it never pans out how he wants. James Harden has two years left on his contract with the Houston Rockets. However, he's still looking for a way out of there. He He's doing everything he can to tank his value right now. He's previously... Uh, made it clear that he wants to get to the Nets, but now the Nets apparent, or sorry, the Rockets have made it clear that they will not be trading Harden unless they get Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant in return. And as I alluded to on another podcast, and it's obviously just so straightforward, um, that's not going to happen. Kyrie Irving will not be traded. He is Kyrie and KD are essentially running that whole. Nets organization that's not going to happen so the Nets are off the table for now I would say I'd agree for now um, I don't think Kyrie's untouchable but naturally in negotiations they're going to say Kyrie's not on the table and I was going to work, work from there if you can pair up James Harden and Kevin Durant you take that and yeah. especially with the way Kyrie's been acting up the last few years and the way he departed, you know, he couldn't play second fiddle to LeBron. And there's always rumors that are coming out now that they didn't like each other at all. And Kevin Love didn't like Curry and whatnot, but the way he forced his way out of Cleveland, the way he's forced his way out of Boston, I think fans and I think teams are wary of what may happen with Kyrie. He sort of, he's so unpredictable. You can't really control him. And while it's all smooth sailing in Brooklyn right now, we don't know what happens when they start, losing games if they start losing games. So I think if you can make that deal to get Harden in, they're going to take it. It's just ideally they want all three players there. Do you think that, because this is what I would be believed to be the case, that for Kyrie to be on the table as a possibility to be traded, it would have to get KD's blessing. Tick of approval. I would agree. I think you don't know what's going on behind the organizer behind the doors, but any player of that nature usually has a bit of say in negotiation. So I'd assume so, but who knows how the Nets deal with anything. That's it. And so since that whole Nets thing, and it's looking like it's not a possibility for now, um, James Harden has named first the Sixers, which were uh, a team that were sort of already part of the, um, conversation and then he went on to name the Bucks and the Heat. He just wants to get out of Houston and he wants to be on a contender. Um, so I don't buy that at all. I think he's doing what AD did. Remember when AD said, put his list out and it was Milwaukee, LA, the Knicks. Who else was in there? 
Was it the Knicks? It was the Knicks. They're just throwing names out there so it looks like... I mean, not the players can tamper, but I reckon he's just th- they're throwing teams out there so it's like, yeah, Harden just wants to play for a contender. Fair enough. But he's got his eyes just set on Brooklyn. Yeah. There's no way in the world he would go and play for Milwaukee. This is yeah. the king of the strip clubs, as you know, so, so the legend goes. There's no way he's going to Milwaukee where it's freezing cold, snowing for 11 months of the year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a... I reckon he would go to Miami, though. Probably. Yeah. But I don't think he wants to. He's yeah. not going to want to play with Jimmy Butler, I don't think. Yeah. It would be an interesting pairing, those two, with obviously Jimmy making everyone accountable and James Harden not moving off. Their mentalities are very different, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't have to talk too much sort of thing, but and I know we've talked about this before, but I think, you know, breaking down to it, and uh, Brian Winhorse said the same thing, Um. Ben Simmons is the guy in all this. Like he is the guy, and the you know that you know uh, Mark Stein reported that if one team's going to land James Harden in a trade, it's probably going to be the Sixers, or they're the favourite at the moment. Again, believe what you want to believe, sort of thing. But while while the sort of Houston has so much leverage, um and they're still in the window of demanding a real good player because further down the line, their leverage is going to get weaker and weaker. And that's when they may have to accept a trade without a young, young superstar, for example, like Ben or Kyrie or whatever. But for right now, I'd say they'd be targeting sort of Ben Simmons, you know, and that would be the most, tasty offer what do you think about i don't know if it's going to happen but the the nuggets getting involved as well potentially you know they've got Jokic, murray and also mpj who would they offer i i'm not sure it's obviously about what their decision would be but i feel like the Sixers and the nuggets apart from all these teams that are named the bucks the heat and the um the nets because I don't, I just don't feel like the Houston would really want Bam at this point. And no, so, I don't think Miami would want to give up Bam. I think he fits there. He's so integral to the way they play basketball. Yeah, and they're they're quite weak at the big, you know, in the center position anyway. Yeah, so, so I think Bam's probably untouchable in that sense. So in terms of what the best young player that Houston's going to get, it's. It's Ben Simmons or... There's no one else. Or, well, it depends on what they think of MPJ. Do you think the Nuggets would offer up Jamal Murray for James Harden? Probably. I mean, you'd have to. It's James Harden. Mm. But it's not just Murray for Harden. It's four more years of Murray or whatever is left on his massive contract and two years of Harden that... I, he might resign there. Yeah. But they're not it, going to be able to guarantee that. It's, it's becoming, as this thing goes on, uh, this is the thing, Harden is not helping his case. It, He's doing and, that on purpose, I think. 
I, I, he I, wants to get out of Houston so badly. His manager has said, you go clubbing for the next week and you're going to tank your value as much as you can because right now it's a, it's a standoff. And if every team's like, you know what, we don't want Harden if he's behaving like this, his value becomes less and less and less, which means Houston's going to have to accept a lesser deal. If teams are like, oh, no, we don't really want him because look what he's doing. Houston would have to do anything to get rid of him at that point. I understand what you're saying, but I also think that, like, yes, yeah, so they might end up just getting a, a, a better deal out of it, but he may end up on a, I don't know, like a Milwaukee, for example, because of all this happening, because maybe the Nets uh, or the Nets or the Sixers feel like that Karras, Lavert, and Ben Simmons and co are too much to, to give up when he's, like throwing his value so much because there's the factor of after this, I I know he has two years left on his contract, but I think he's 31 or something like that. Yeah. And then he he may not re-sign and he's on a huge money contract and he's going to massive and he's going to demand a huge money contract after this one. It's just a lot of things that are sort of like, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird situation to be in because there's so much money on the table. There's still time left on his contract. Yeah. And there's for like with the AD trade, for example, it was the new Orleans package had well, the Lakers package had good young players um, for the Kyrie Irving trade. Remember how it was there? No, it was the one before that when when Boston had the the Brooklyn pick. No, sorry, no, sorry. Boston had given it to um to Cleveland with in the Kyrie trade, but then it was like, what's Cleveland going to do with Shump, Tristan Thompson, and yeah, the Brooklyn pick? And it was like there was so much value in in that where there's not much value in the league at the moment is actually tradable. I don't think. Yeah, that's right. Ben that, Simmons is there, but that, oh, the other names getting thrown around is Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis Levert. And they're 27 and 28 year old at best. They might be an all-star for one season, but they're just good rotation pieces that can score you 35 one night, but most of the time aren't going to do much. So the first time there's like a massive potential trade and no one's willing to give anything. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think more and more the bottom line is as this goes on, Ben Simmons and the Sixers, you know, the likes of Thibault, Shake, and a bunch of draft picks we, we might give them. Um, it's becoming more and more that the Sixers are, even if Harden doesn't want to be there, it's the most suitable trade that's going to happen as everyone's reporting. And also the big factor of, not that I believe it, but the whole Ben and Joel factor, you know, can't work together. We know Daryl Morey is trigger happy. And my best guess is that he gives this the latest he can until the trade deadline to see, to try and gauge about the whole Ben and Joel thing. Yeah. Um, and even maybe beyond because Harden's got those two years left. Um, after this trade deadline finishes, then the Rockets only have one trade line to get a trade deadline to get rid of him. Um, trade window to get rid of him. So it's going to be interesting, but surely if you're the Sixers, and I mean, you're a Sixers fan, so you've really got a good view on this. 
is the fit between Embiid and Harden will be night and day compared to Embiid, Embiid and Simmons. It will be there night no, and day. Yeah. There is no way you can't deny that they would be a better duo. Of course. Of course they and would. And I'm surprised be Maury hasn't jumped the gun on this already. I know he wants to try and work them out, but and I, know, mate, I suppose he knows he has time. There is time off his sleeve. He doesn't have to do it now, but I'm surprised that he hasn't just gone, yep, we'll take that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Because that pairing offensively, having Embiid with someone playing the pick and roll with someone that's actually a scoring threat and a shooting threat will give Embiid so many driving lanes so easily. He'll be more of a lob target. He'll get more open pick and pops. As soon as that came out, I thought, more is going to do it because it works. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Here we are. It's very obvious and it's hard to talk to me and it's hard to talk to you as well because you're more inclined to not love Ben. You're not a, I mean, to say the least, you're not a Ben lover. Don't and, support him all that much. And that's, that's the thing here. Like, I think what this is, I suspect like all Sixers fans or most we really do see the the upside and the even the current value in Ben. Um, and that's the thing. Like James Harden is 31 and he is only got that, you know, there's not a guarantee he's going to re-sign. No. And there's not even a, he's on the, he's on the end of his peak. You know, he's more towards the end of his peak. Whereas Ben is 20, he's our age. I'm pretty sure he's 24. Yeah. But I would say. It's tough. Two years with Harden would give you more likely you'd be more likely to win a championship with two years of Harden than whatever Ben and Joel can their upside. Yeah. It's, I know it's, it's a, it's a tough one. It's just, I don't know, but I do get what you're saying though, because I remember when, when those rumors came out of Harden wanting to leave and there were Boston got thrown into it a bit, just in terms of not, necessarily it's a chance, but everyone sort of thought what teams can offer what? And it was, you know, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. And I was thinking, I can't, like, it's hard to give up <laughs> guys you love sort of thing. You've seen them grow. You've, you've got this bomb with them and it, yeah. they have no idea who you are, but you love them for some reason. But, and it's naturally you're like, I don't want to see them go. So I know what you're going through. Yeah. But if James Harden was 29, if yeah. he was 29, I'm sure everyone, including Maury, would be like, all right, thank you. This is it. Like, this is the, this is the thing. Um, but anyway, let's, let's move on. But that's still very interesting. Also, uh, a guy named Paul George has signed a max extension of, and he'll earn $226 million over the next five years. He had, That's fucked. <laughs> he had this year left on his contract um, and then now he's extended for the next four years. So first off, Paul George. That, yeah, you get going, sorry. They, they had, okay, let's just, let's just say it. They had to do it. Yeah, but I didn't, re- I didn't even know he was, I mean, anyone can sign an extension at any point, but that came out of nowhere, I thought. It did, but I think it did because so so Paul George came to the Clippers start of last season and he had two yeah. two years left on his contract. Kawhi signed with the Clippers in free agency and he signed for something like three years or something something and then he brought it down to two 
or he he made the third year a player option. Like he yeah. changed it. And Kawhi did that, I think, obviously, because he wanted to make sure that if things didn't Essentially, if, if the whole... He could cl- bounce if it yeah, changed him. If this Paul George experiment um, didn't work, as he said, he could bounce after this upcoming season. And now... And so there was sort of this mystery and... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's sort of this mystery and just unease about whether Kawhi and PG were really going to be Clippers for life per se, you know, Clippers for the rest yeah. of their, their careers. And they're going to, the Clippers are going to contend. Um, and they really needed to, because they gave up a million draft beats to get Paul George. <laughs> I would have loved to see PG and Kawhi bounce after two years. Well, that would have been so funny. It would have been unbelievable. And so, Oh, so bad for the Clippers. So now that PG's done this, it's, it's interesting, again, because you've heard your rumours of coming from everywhere that Paul George is the problem and players don't like him. You know, who knows what rumours are true about Kawhi not liking him or whatever. But I'm interested to see what Kawhi does. Um, and I'd have to look into his contract, whether he was eligible for an extension. I know he's essentially got one year left. It might be two, yeah. but the, the next... One might be a player option. I might be wrong. I don't know. But I'm interested to see what Kawhi Leonard does. After such a big thing last summer or American summer of him going to the Clippers, it'd be amazing if Kawhi leaves after this season. It'd be so... I would love to see the Clippers capitulate, but I think by extending Paul George, it sort of guarantees that Kawhi is probably going to stay. Yeah, I, I, you'd have I th- to. Think I think so. Kawhi loves as well making the Clippers organization his bitch because he gets everything he wants. And there's always stories coming out about how he's in the female locker room. Did you see that? No. So they've got their their locker room obviously, and there's like the female facilities. And apparently Kawhi was just doing stretch, like stretches and stuff in there because he thought it was more space. And the women that are in the facilities trying to use it. And like, no, 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 sorry, you can't go in there. <laughs> then there's the stories of how you know, he's late to practice. He's late for flights because he's yeah. living in Sandy. wherever he's living. Yeah. And getting the helicopters in. Like, Kawhi's got complete control over what he wants to do. Yeah. If he was in a place like Miami, for example, which we know is very strict and it's like you do it our way and you fit into our system. Yeah. He would hate that. And I reckon that's part of the reason he wanted out of San Antonio where Pop was the same. Pop hat was, you know, my way or the highway and he couldn't he couldn't hack that yeah so it's uh it's going to be interesting to see with the clippers i really hope that they play good this season uh pat bev was already barking at montrez harrell in the preseason game classic he's also hit he's also hitting the sides of backboards did you see that oh no i didn't did he jesus it was yeah way off p all over again classic anyway um, and also, yeah, preseason basketball has started. Not that we uh, have spoken about it. Um, I don't even know what's happening. I watched about six minutes in total, I reckon. Yeah, the Sixers and the Celtics are actually playing on Wednesday our time, I believe it is. But not that we'll be tracking it. If we win, I'll give it to you or something. <laughs> yeah, it's usually the way. Uh, and also, while on the Paul George front, God, 
the worst thing about Paul George is when he talks and he came out. His PR team is awful. Yeah. And he came out and said something. He said a few things now. He said that, Doc didn't really put him in the pick and roll or something like that. He didn't use him properly. <laughs> he played more pick and roll possessions than he did in his time in OKC or Indiana. <laughs> He's played more pick and roll than ever. And then something, yeah, and he said something about his coaching and Doc Doc came out and sort of clapped back and he said, well, your new coach was sitting right next to me uh, in Tai Lu. And also, was there another one, wasn't there? Um, I feel like there might have been another one. But anyway. Oh, it's just... I don't know what his PR team's doing, but as I said with Corey before, every time he speaks, he's digging his grave. <laughs> and at least Kyrie's more so doing it in that he's trying to be intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas PG's doing it because he's an idiot and just creates these things going on in his head, which just aren't true. Yeah. And it looks a fool because of it. Doc Rivers. Now I've just remembered Doc Rivers was doing an interview and he said that when Kawhi and PG came in, all the guys that were there before, you know, your Lou Williams, your Montrez and your Pat Bev, let's just say, uh, they didn't accept one of them. He, he said this, they didn't accept one of those guys. He's like, I think they accepted Kawhi. <laughs> so he's just, he just spelled it out that uh, he can't reckons, name who it was, but it wasn't Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> just spelled it out that it was uh, PG, that there was the problem. So I hope that uh, Doc can be good with the Philly guys. I'm excited. Let's move maybe on. Was, maybe it was Mo Harkless. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he came in. Um, Let's move on. Let's skip this one for now. Uh, Giannis. Giannis has officially about just over seven days to sign that big extension. And he said last week or the other day, he said they asked him about it. And he said, I'm not focusing on the contract right now. I'm focusing on me. Jack Lynch. Yep. Does Giannis Antetokounmpo sign this extension before December 22, which is when he must do it? I don't want to read into rumors too much, Nate. You know that I don't like that. But, and I can't talk about going to a barber or a hairdresser because I cut my own hair because I don't really <laughs> care. It's cheaper. And I've been, I've got a streak from 2008 of no hair, no going to a hairdresser. So I'm going to keep that alive. But by all accounts, the bond between a man and his barber is for life and you can share everything and it's, you know, cone of silence. And Giannis's barber tweeted saying, thank you for everything you've done for the city of Milwaukee. Good luck for every, all your endeavors. Whoa, I did not then he see delete, this. Then he deleted it. I did not see this. So I don't want to read into too much, but to me, he gone. He, he said a few things this off season, of course. You know, everyone's asking him shit. He, one of the things he did say, I don't know if we already discussed this, but he'd be happy to be the number two or three guy under AD or LeBron, um, which was nice because, as we've talked about, he put on the crown in the Lakers game last season when he bloody did not deserve it. So he, oh, I don't know, but basically I'd, my take is he's not signing that extension because he can sign it after this season finishes. If they make, what would you say? So they've already made the conference finals. If they make the finals and don't get swept with Drew Holiday. I think the finals is 
the criteria. Yeah. If they make the finals, essentially, because they brought in Drew Holiday. Who else did they bring? Every time I talk about this, I forgot what else they did. Did they do they anything didn't else? Do, they didn't do much else because they didn't get um, Bogdanovich, which was yeah. their, their big play. Yeah. I mean, there was some... There was a fair bit of roster movement, but no one notable. Yeah. They, Bobby Portis. Nick oh. Stauskas. Oh, Nick Stauskas. Bryn, Bryn Forbes. <laughs> yeah. So the whole Drew Holiday play, which I, if I was Giannis, personally, I don't think it's that great of a move in terms of... to make I think him, they've gotten weaker. I agree. Yeah. To make him stay. Um, if they don't make the finals... I'm sorry, Milwaukee fans, but he's not signing postseason. And for me, lock in that he's not signing that before uh, the next eight days. So it's going to be a season of uh, mystery for the Bucks fans and yeah. Giannis. Well, did you see that he's frustrated with his teammates putting pens in his locker? No. <laughs> so that came out this morning, our time. Hang on, I'll be able to find it here quickly. So quote, unquote, it got a little bit odd, he said. I've got 20 pens here in my locker. And then the article says, the headline is, Giannis is currently flummoxed with his teammates, ridding him with pens to sign the extension, according to NY Times article describing the vexation of the, with the situation. So Giannis is frustrated with his teammates. His barber's calling him out. But I think there's, in, in regardless of what he wants to do, it's idiotic to sign it before this season anyway he's got no reason to yeah if you can get the same amount of money next year you might as well just see how things go there's no point locking in for the sake of locking it in take your time work out what's happening and then come to boston (laughs) oh i oh it'll be great for the podcast next season uh if he doesn't um sign obviously for the bucks. So can't wait for that, but that's that also one last note before we get into the preview, uh, Mavs, the Mavs, the Dallas Mavericks paid JJ Barea, a vet minimum $2.6 million guaranteed, and then waived him a nice severance package from Mark Cuban. Cubes looking out for JJ. Yeah. Very, very emotional. JJ is dated or married to Miss universes. He's oh, fine. Has he? He's living the dream for a five, five, what, five, nine, five, ten, five, eleven. <laughs> I think he's listed at five, eleven, but he's not. Yeah. That's why, remember how he had that, that ad chicks dig the layup a few years ago? I don't, I don't know if I saw it. Oh, uh, he just, about how much chicks dig the layup. Because <laughs> he can't dunk. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that was, no, but that, nice. was a, that was a good gesture from Cuban. And I, I reckon there's more to it than that. This isn't that we're paying JJ. This is a, a hey, Giannis, look how well we look after our free eight or not our free eight, our players. There's always more to it. And Cuban, he's got all the money in the world, so he doesn't care, but he's sending a message. I don't want a team to beat the Sixers. I mean, that's just plain and simple. That's just the simplest way of saying it. However, I and I don't love Giannis, but... I would love to see Giannis on the on the maps. It would be oh. pretty fucked. <laughs> That'd be how, so good. How good would that be? Uh, oh, that would be awesome. Get one more thing before we do go onto it. Sure. Did you see the um? What's the Raptors documentary they released? What's it called? 
the Raptors keep putting out these videos like behind the scenes. I can't remember what the title is. And they released a bubble, an episode from the bubble. And it's just, you know, like practice and what goes home, like goes on like with the coaches and how they prepare for things. And they put in a bit of footage from 2013, completely irrelevant, which was Masai Ujiri trying to trade for Giannis on draft night. Oh, wow. And it had no reason to fit into this episode, but they just subtly put it in the middle. (laughs) And there is no way that isn't blatant tampering. It didn't fit the episode. They just wanted to show that we wanted you from day one. Please play for Toronto next season. Similar to how we'll be putting uh, sponsorships in our episodes uh, in the coming future. (laughs) Please pay us. (laughs) Right in the middle of our episodes. Anyway, let's get on to it. Let's smash this out. We've we've done uh we've done pretty long ones in the past, but let's try and smash these out. We're gonna do the first fifteen teams alphabetically. Um and just sort of preview them, give a quick prediction and what's gonna happen for them in the 2020-2021 season. Let's start off with A, the Atlanta Hawks. So they've brought in Bogdan Bogdanovic, Chris Dunn, Gallinari, Solomon Hill, and uh, drafted Onyeka Okongwu, and they got Rajon Rondo, of course. <laughs> and oh boy. DeAndre Bembry is gone. Hang on, you, for- you forgot Tony Snell. Oh, Tony Snell. <laughs> <laughs> the 28 uh, minutes, zero stats type of guy. Um, DeAndre Bembry... Uh, Dwayne Dedman's gone and no one else to speak of really. Jeff Teague's gone to the Celtics, whatever. They had a good off season. They did have a good off season. My prediction for them is that they will finish. So they finish, where did they finish last season? They finished last season, second last, 14th in the East, pretty poor. And I'm excited on this team. I'm going to say that this team finishes ninth. Ninth. They're going to be up there. Um, I think everyone can predict that jump. It's just how far does that jump go? Yeah. Um, Trey Young is incredible. And I think he's always going to be slightly underrated because everyone's going to compare him to Doncic. But Trey Young's a really good basketballer. But they've done well to cover his defensive weaknesses because Chris Dunn is an incredible defender for a guard. Rondo can hold his own. So that sort of not solves that issue, but at least it can let Trey take the weaker guard on the other, you know, the opposing team. But John Collins is improving. He's a, he could be a 20 and 10 guy going forward. I really like his game. Yeah. I like him. DeAndre Hunter, he's shown flashes, looks to be a good player. Kevin Herter, I like, sort of didn't, didn't really improve all that much this year, but he's got a nice jump shot, good at slashing. But my, my little hot take, and this is flaming hot, Cam Reddish is going to be the best player from the Duke Big Three in Zion, Barrett, and Reddish. And that's Whoa. my hot, hot take. Whoa, that is flaming hot. Yeah, which 
Reddish was having the worst rookie season of all time last year, but I liked how he finished the year. And I'm calling it now. And I'm 99% sure I'm going to lose this. But that's what I'm seeing. Wow. Cam Reddish will be the best of those three players. Wow, wow, wow. I can't wait to constantly Bronx cheer you. Um, save, save this clip. That's it. And f- Zion, Zion's obviously the most talented, but I'm unfortunately betting on an injury that I, mean, I don't want to do that, but I look at him playing. I think there's no way he can survive an NBA career with this. I, I would just put it more. My shock is more down to the, yeah, the slow start to Reddish's career. And I know it was only his rookie season, mm. but he finished stronger. And RJ Barrett has given me nothing to be. Yeah, that's true. About. That's, that's so uh, it's pretty much here. The way I'm seeing it is who's going to be better RJ or Reddish. And I'm taking Reddish. And then it's who's going to be around longer. And I, I, I just don't I, – I, I hate that I don't see Zion sitting on the – or playing on the court that much. But just the way he's moving, unless we see like a drastic change to his physical appearance, I don't know. I just I, – I worry about him. I'll uh, note that down and make sure to come back. For all our new viewers and listeners – just to clarify, a Bronx cheer is a sarcastic cheer from a sports crowd. For all our return listeners, I'm sorry that I always have to repeat that, but I know a lot of people think... It's getting repetitive. I know a lot of people think we're from New York because of the Bronx, but we're not. It's just a saying. Um, so that uh, Bronx cheer will, come, will be coming your way, I'm sure of it, for that take. I'll get plenty of them. Let's go on to your team, the Boston Celtics. Uh, Championship. So- <laughs> So, there's no way you can see it otherwise. They championship. You guys are God. If you let me just say this, and you may kill me for this, but if you guys didn't have, if you guys didn't have fucking Brad Stevens, you guys look at looking at your damn team. You have a shit team. You have a shit have a damn fantastic team. team. Jalen Brown is Jalen Brown is good. Marcus Smart is good. Jason Tatum is good. I know you like Tice, but I'm sorry. I can't put him in this like urgent category I'm talking about. Campbell Walker non-injured is good, which we I'm concerned about currently for you guys. We'll see what happens with him. Um, and what the fuck did you bring in? Tristan Thompson. <laughs> yeah, he's perfect for us. We don't play anything. We don't give the ball to our bigs. We just need someone that can defend the ring and rebound. Oh, my God. And Thompson fills that void. He's not going to be a 20 and 10 guy, but between him, Tice and Rob Williams splitting the minutes at center position, we've got a little bit of versatility there, which we haven't had. We saw in every playoff game, Tice had four fouls in the first half and he's limited what you could do offensively and defensively. But now we've just got another body we can put there without playing fucking semi-ogelay at center. So, yeah, he's not the he's not going to be the cha- the player that changes games, but it just adds a depth that will stop Tice failing out so quickly, and that's all that signing is for, I think. I've always said it. Brad Stevens is the Celtics' best player. Um, <laughs> you guys lost Gordon Hayward. Ennis Cantor goes home to Portland. Uh, Vincent Poor, how do you say it? <laughs> Poor yeah, he, he did nothing. He was a French big man that. Provided absolutely nothing. I reckon he probably suited up in 
I reckon he didn't, didn't play in a single close game. That's how I'm going to put it. Um, he is actually now ended up on the sixes via some multiple crazy trades. It's a weird sort of way how he ended up on the sixes. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm not too excited when I look at this team, but who is going to doubt Brad Stevens? Brad Stevens may win coach of the year or he should be bloody nominated every year because you know what's going to happen. You guys are going to finish in the top three again. <laughs> As per <laughs> always somehow managed to do it. I'm looking at this team. I'm like, you know what? They're going to finish in the top three with all these shit dogs. Sorry, but <laughs> I'm not sorry. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Celtics are going to finish top three in terms of playoffs. The Celtics are not making the conference finals. Philly and whoever else is getting in there this season. That's a spoiler for my Philly take. Oh boy. Um, You're going to be disappointed once again. I thought you would have <laughs> learned by now to just cool the Jets a little bit. Anyway, so that's the Celtics for both of us. Uh, championship for you, Celtics, or what's the take? Did I even get your Hawks-like prediction? No, I didn't give one. Good to give me Hawks one. Will be the, Hawks will be the eighth seed. Okay. I'm the, not keeping track of any of these, so I might say that Orlando is going to be the eighth seed later on down the so track. you think that the Hawks are going to be the eighth seed over I think, the Magic Hornets and Westbrook Wizards? Yes. That's fine. I'm just making sure. Somehow. It's it's gonna be. I should have written out what I expect, so I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna chop and change through the rest of this episode. But Hawks are gunning for the playoffs, and I think they're a chance. For all of our audience, I did actually just spring this whole episode on Jack, so you can blame. I love. I love having notes, and they've left me (laughs) empty-handed here. So you can blame me. All right, let's get on to what I didn't give my Celtics prediction. Oh, I didn't really want. No, go on. Sixteen and zero in the playoffs. First, 72-0 in the uh, regular season and then 16-0 in the playoffs. Um, average winning margin of 32 points per game. Jason Tatum's going to average 50 for the season, 55 for the playoffs, 60 for the finals. And Jalen Brown's going to be the MVP somehow. Well, Semi Ojale, Jason Tatum, <laughs> Taco Fall, and I don't know if there's another one, but all those players train in the summer under our good friend Drew Hanlon. If you haven't yet seen it, go check out last week's episode because we had Drew Hanlon, top NBA skills coach, on our show. What a show that was, JL. It was beautiful. It was great to talk to the great man. Yeah, talk, talk to us about Taco and tiny bit about Tatum, bit about Kobe and, of course, Embiid, his main player. <laughs> and and uh, it was a good one. So check that out. Now, let's move on to the Brooklyn Nets. Many would say they've got to be a championship Favorite, one of the. I so they brought in no one essentially. I mean, KD's in and Kyrie. They're in. they brought in Kyrie and Kyrie. Jeez, what did I? Kyrie and Kyrie. <laughs> Kyrie. <laughs> Kyrie and Kyrie. That's gonna. St- I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep using that. Kyrie and Kyrie. Every time they talk, like every time. Kyrie is sitting in with some paintings around him on the floor. The old Kyrie. That's well, what, what are they? What, who's who? Is he Kyrie? Yeah, he's Kyrie. 
and Kaidi. Kaidi. <laughs> okay. Um, so Kairi and Kaidi are in. They also brought in old mate Jeff Green, who's a good guy. They brought in Landry Shamit, which is nice. And Bruce Brown, a defensive point guard. They lost no one, essentially. Um, for me, simple stuff. Nets, they're top four championship favorites. Yes, these guys might be toxic and have their selfish flaws. However, in the playoffs, minutes tighten up. They've got the likes of Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving. Oh, sorry. Kyrie, Kyrie D. <laughs> That's better. Jared Allen coming. Jared Allen. I always stumble on that name. Jared Allen coming off the bench. DeAndre Jordan starting. Karis Levert. That's a joke. That yeah, it is. Jordan starting. Uh, Toreen Prince. You know, just to add to their sort of. They got a bit of depth there. Shooting Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, yeah. Their season depends on KD's Achilles. That's right. And he's been lucky in a sense that. For a regular season, if there wasn't Corona, he would have been back in action a lot, you know, a while ago. So he's had extra time to do rehab. Um, and I think, in terms of, well, they they always say that the Achilles is the worst injury a sportsman can get. But in terms of someone recovering from it, he's got a good frame to do so because he's not carrying weight. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it close to a hundred percent return, but. There aren't many players that have done that. I think Dominic Wilkins returned from it as good as he was. And that's probably it. Yeah. So it depends on how KD returns. And if he's playing, if he's going 27, 5 and 5, 27, 8 and 5 probably, then yeah, you're right. Top four championship favorite. If he's anything less than his former self, I don't really see them going anywhere. I like, um, we're, to, we're talking like six seed and not yeah. making a splash in the playoffs. If it's only Kyrie, then it is understandable that, um, you know, they're still He'll probably get injured anyway. This is, this is the thing with them. They've got depth. Um, as I've just mentioned, you know, they've got players coming off the bench. They've got players starting on the court while they might not be their level. They've got good player depth and that's why, Sixth, I would even argue maybe fifth um, if KD's out. But overall, they should be great if KD's great and all good. And if he's out, then they'll still make the playoffs, you'd think. And yeah, we'll see if Kyrie has a crack without him. Uh, On to the Charlotte Hornets. The LaMelo ball, LaVar ball playing against Michael Jordan, all our... (laughs) All our casuals love this team, the Charlotte Hornets. They brought in, of course, Lamello and Gordon Hayward, and they lost nothing. <laughs> You're telling me Nicholas Batum's not something? <laughs> they lost Nicholas Batum, and they lost Dwayne Bacon, who I always just love that his last name's Bacon. And also, tell everyone on the podcast right now that you don't love Bacon. Everyone needs to be like on my side, not Dwayne Bacon. Food bacon. Is this because everyone that you speak to about the podcast says, yeah, I actually agree with JL's takes. <laughs> and now you've trying to, you're trying to uh, divide and conquer the fan base. JL, don't change the subject. 
<laughs> Tell everyone your thoughts on bacon. The food. Eating any pig tastes like shit. This is something I say to people, I don't eat pig, and they're like, oh, is this religious reasons or is this ethical <laughs> reasons? And I'm like, no, I just think it tastes like shit. So there's my, there's my hot take. You do, you, that's worse than when, you, when we had this conversation whenever it was last time. I just don't like it. It's just not for me. So I'll, I'll bacon and eggs. You can take me bacon and I'll have double eggs. It's a win-win. So you heard it here first to all our fans. JL doesn't like bacon. So I'm obviously the guy, you know, he can't be trusted. <laughs> he goes to the Celtics. Okay. Moving on. Dwayne Bacon is gone from the Hornets. Of course he went to the magic. They're just like sister clubs. Um, <laughs> and they brought in LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. Uh, quickly, I'll just say that the Hornets are finishing 10th. No, 11th. They're finishing 11th. Yeah, I'll put them in the 10th, 11th range. Yep. Um, Hayward's a good acquisition. I think when he gets the keys to the offense, that's when he's at his best, and he sort of – he didn't get that opportunity in Boston. Now he's going to be running the offense for the most part because you've got who, – who's their backcourt? Rozier and De, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham, yeah. Graham can pass the ball, actually. He's, he's a better pass than he gets credit for. Rozier will over-dribble and take a contested long two. Um, and obviously we'll see what happens with Lamelo because by all accounts he's going to be the perfect floor general for this team. But I think Hayward's going to be doing his own thing and he's going to be looking like Utah Hayward. But the rest of this team, Graham's impressive, but you don't have much to be too excited about. I do like PJ Washington coming through. Miles Bridges has shown flashes, but I don't think they're franchise-changing players. No. So, of course, nothing exciting for the Hornets other than, I guess, if Stock you, standard. they've got nice jerseys. <laughs> yeah. They got, that's all you get. Yeah, that's good. They've, their marketing will be good. Their, their merchandise sales will be up. Yeah. With Lamello. Uh, that's, uh, that's about all. So let's smash through the next couple. Uh, the Chicago Bulls, they brought in no one and they lost Chris Dunn, I guess, defensive. The main change here is that uh, Jim Boylan is gone, who a lot of the young players didn't get along with. So hopefully Kobe White gets to start at point guard and gets to grow. Hopefully Zach Levine and Laurie, or Lowry or Laurie Lowry. Mark, Lowry Markinen can continue their growth. It seems like they had a, or main, sorry, mainly Lowry had an off season of no growing last season. Yeah, and hopefully those three, right those three players, and Wendell Carter Jr. also can continue their growth into being good players. Um, they also got Devin Dotson, who was drafted, I believe. So, and Pat, sorry, Patrick Williams is their other. So, hopefully, Patrick they- Williams looked good in his first uh, preseason game yesterday. Yeah, and I don't want to do this, Nate, but he reminded me of Kawhi. Oh, wow. The way he moved, he was just settling for mid-range jumpers, but not driving, and that was all he could get. He was getting the ball on the three-point line, pump faking, and taking you know that quick first step and getting to an open mid-range, and it was a smooth release. So keep an eye on him. What was he, fifth pick, fourth pick? 
I cannot remember. I've so, yeah, I, something around that. Um, you'll enjoy watching him, I think. Oh, well, there you go. And I think Kawhi reminds me of MJ, as in, in terms of just the way it looks. And so if Patrick Williams is similar to him, then maybe we're going to see a sort of MJ-looking guy. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. On the did balls. you mention Kobe White? Yeah, I did. Did you? Oh, good. I didn't hear his name drop, but I like him. Yeah. He didn't... Jim Boylan, I believe, didn't start him or they he didn't get to start last season, so I'm sure he will now. Um, and he'll get the opportunity to grow under Billy Donovan. So I would say that the Bulls, unfortunately, are going to, again, just because of their age and they're still going to grow, somewhere in the bottom feeders of the East from, I don't know, what are these numbers, 12th to 15th. Let's go. Let's be nice and say 12th. Yeah, I'm expecting Levine to take a, a jump. I think statistically it might be the same, but hopefully it sort of equates to winning basketball a bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go around 12-ish as well. The but clip- I wouldn't be surprised if they do take a jump. But I'll stay with 12, but keep an eye on them. The Cleveland Cavaliers, let's... <laughs> 15th. Well, like always, let's just take two seconds for this. They... Traded out Tristan Thompson to your Celtics and they also sent Jordan Bell and Alfonso McKinney to the Lakers for um, JaVale McGee. So they lost Thompson and they brought in JaVale McGee. They've also got Kevin Love and Andre Drummond. Um, 12th to 15th, let's just go bloody 14th. 14th or 15th? Surely 15th, but they they do have Isaac Okoro. Now, I know I keep saying how shit preseason is. And I just mentioned it before, but Okoro was, he was a top five pick. I'm pretty sure. And I think he had 16 points in the last quarter and hit the game winner. Hit the game winner. Yep. And the last rookie that did that in terms of 16 points in a quarter was playing for Cleveland. <laughs> Does he- and they've had, they've had a lot of number one picks over the years, but this guy was a number one pick was in Cleveland, dominated the last quarter of a, pre- of a preseason game. And his name is Anthony Bennett. Yeah, I was going to say that. I don't, <laughs> so, I don't know where you're going with this. So we'll see what happens with the Coro, but preseason means nothing. <laughs> Moving on, the Dallas Mavericks. Now, this is where it gets exciting. MVP of the league sitting in their roster. I was Youngest gonna, MVP of all time. I was going to do award previews, and I don't think I will. So I think I might say that Luca might be the MVP as well. Um, for this season, but yes, they've lost JJ Barea, Seth Curry to the Sixers, and Delon Wright, I guess, who was nice for them. They They're brought much running it back. They brought in Aussie Dr- uh, Josh Green in the draft, so that'll be nice to watch a fellow Aussie. And they also brought in Josh Richardson from the Sixers mm-hmm. and Tyrell Terry, who apparently is so similar to Seth Curry. Um, as I was, know. I kind of wanted Boston to pick him up, so I have yeah. to say that he's good now. <laughs> yeah, uh, as a draft prospect, I would say that the Dallas Mavericks, with essentially the addition of Josh Richardson and the loss of Seth Curry, they finished. What is that? I don't have the numbers next to my standings here. They were seventh last year. They finished seventh under the Jazz and the Thunder. You can't. But they were. They were two and a half games back from fourth. 
Yes. I, I'd say that they're going to finish um, fourth. I'm thinking if they finish top three, Luca's getting the MVP. But I don't see them edging out the two LA teams and Denver. No. So look, I'll go fourth as well. But even at fourth, I still think Luca's. He's my pick for the MVP. I think Giannis won't get it just from voter fatigue. Um, LeBron and AD will sort of cancel each other out in terms of sharing. Harden won't be up there like he has been. Unless there's a big leap from Embiid or Tatum or something like that that has you know, shown a bit of something. I think this is Luca's award to win. And he's got one. This is his last year to, to be the youngest MVP ever, taking it from Dero. So I wouldn't be surprised. Very interesting, but yeah, they should have a great season. They're going to have a great bloody 10 years if they hold on to Luca. Moving on to the Denver Nuggets, who did finish third this season. They brought in Jermichael Green, also drafted RJ Hampton, and that's about it. They lost mm, Tyler, Craig, Tyler Craig and Mason Plumley and Noah I mean, Tori Craig. <laughs> Oh, sorry. What did I say? <laughs> Tyler. Ty- sorry. Tyler Cook was next to it. Um, so, they, again, they didn't really... They're running, they're running it back. Yeah, that's right. Um, you'd have to say, again, you know, they've, they've been finishing in the top three for, is it now, three seasons? Yeah. I'd, I'd say that, if not third, fourth. Um, but I'd say third. Yeah, I'm saying third as well. Um, I think... I- <sighs> I don't think that Jamal Murray is going to have the season that he he's not going to continue from the playoffs. I think he'll cool down a bit. It's only natural. He'll go back to being, you know, 22, four and five or, you know, whatever he was at. But I don't think that's going to hurt the team because I think Porter Jr. is a stud. I think he's going to be a really good basketball player, but he just needs to, you know, defensively he's got a lot of work to improve on and he just needs to work on swinging the ball a bit more. But they've got other guys like, Gary Harris started his career really well and we've talked about him before and it sort of trickled away just with injuries. But if he can become, you know, a bit more prominent, Bol Bol takes the leap. Paul Millsap's going to be Paul Millsap. Monte Morris is good. I reckon they they might not jump up the standings anymore, but I think they're going to be more of a, a threat this year, which is crazy saying that for someone that just made the conference finals. But I think this year it's going to be teams are going to be taking them seriously as a threat. And it's not going to be an afterthought anymore. Well, like I said, uh, when we talked about the assessments not too long ago, I think MPJ is the key to that. I Mm. like Jokic and I like Murray, but I personally think that they need something else as well to do what you're saying to try. So they made the conference finals. I don't know if you would call it like they were meant to be there, but for them to sort of cement their place in the Western Conference Finals, which means that one of the LA teams has to miss out, I would say they need something else or they need the Clippers to have another shit one, another joke. Or MVP Jokic. Which I know you're not that high on him, but I think he's the only player in the league that could win it without the stats to back back him up. Yeah, everyone can clearly see that he's the guy that boosts everyone else. So he might only average, you know, 
twenty ten and six assists. And Murray might have the stats, but if they're a top two seed, yeah, Jokic is going to get a lot of attention. I think another MVP candidate is on our next team that we have to look into. Oh, sorry, no, 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 sorry. I was going to say, I bloody hope not. The next thing we have to look into is the Detroit. Detroit. Uh, wow, it is early in the morning. Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Jalil Okafor, MVP candidate. And let me actually mens- mention, um, they sort of could have an MVP candidate on here. If the Pistons somehow ended up in the top four um, of the East, somehow, you'd have to say that either D-, D Rose or Blake, mainly Blake, mainly, hold on. One of those two. There is no way D Rose is playing MVP, MVP basketball. No way. Blake, I can see. He came third in 2015. What, He's just, a, one of the best big man passes, but there's no way D Rose is up there. And there's no way Blake's going to be up there because the Pistons are fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. I, Don't I should, make me go on another rant here. The Pistons are going to be 13th to 15th. Yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have even started. We we don't have enough time for this to go on. But they brought in, <laughs> God, they brought in everyone. They brought in, well, when I say everyone, they brought in no one. The best player they brought in is probably Jeremy Grant, and they drafted Killian Hayes. I like Hayes, Kevin O'Connor's man. Yeah, and that's it. That's all they brought in. They brought in Mason Plumley, but that's it. And they lost John Henson. <laughs> Tony Snell. Tony Snell. Thon Maker. Ky- Kyrie Thomas. We are forgetting Christian Wood, though, and I do like him. Yes, Christian Wood is gone. I love how this happens, though, in the NBA where there's a bloke that gets no attention, no attention, and then all of a sudden he strings a few games here like Christian Wood did, and all of a sudden, like, yeah, he's shown glimpses, but... Every single person right now is saying Christian Wood's going to be most improved player. Houston got such a good deal and Christian yeah. Wood is going to... And it's like, where did this hype come from? You didn't care about him when he was at Detroit. Good and old. now that he's at a big market and potentially playing playoff basketball, everyone's saying, oh, I saw this years ago. He's fantastic. I was like, no, you didn't. You only found out about him when he signed somewhere else. Good old small market teams. Uh, anyway, let's keep going. The Golden State Warriors... They have a potential MVP candidate uh, in the name of Stephen Curry because Clay Thompson will be out the whole season again. Steph, hopefully he's not doubled, which I have a feeling he will cop it a decent amount. Uh, Steph could go off again and average 30 points a game because that's what it's going to take to take this team to the playoffs. His supermax means that they've got absolute, in my point of view, absolutely no one. They've got Kelly Oubre and God. Yeah, they drafted. I, I hate. I hate the Supermax so much. Yeah. Uh, they've got James Wiseman and Kent Bazemore, Andrew Wiggins as well, who I nearly forgot. Wiggy. Um, and they lost. Brad Wanamaker. Kai. They got Brad Wanamaker. He's from. He's going he's gonna to average a nice six points a game, maybe less. He's from Philly. That's what I'll give to him. But anyway, where are the Warriors finishing? When I, that bracket. When I look at it, I, I, sorry, they've also got Draymond Green. When I look at it, I can't put them there. I can't put them above these teams that I'm looking at. I can't put them... I feel up- they'll find a way. They'll, they'll maximize everything out of Wiggins. They'll 
Steph will have a good year. Draymond will play that annoying role that we hate. I just think, especially with Steve Kerr running the show, playing such unselfish basketball, I don't know. I just feel like they're going to win some games. And Cali Ubro is a great acquisition. Wiseman's a good acquisition. They've got some pieces there that's going to win them some games here and there. They are going to win some games, but are they going to finish above the Robert Covington Blazers? And are they going to finish above the CP3 Suns and the, I guess, I don't the know. West, the West is stacked, isn't it? The Pelicans were, were close. I, I the, can't. I the can't Grizzlies will be up there. Yeah. You're right. It's the West is just so tough. And uh, I think if, if you're calling anyone from the sixth seed down, what separate the sixth seed and like the, the thirteenth seed? It was next to nothing. It was Oh the eight, eighth seed and the thirteenth seed. There's just there's nothing in it. And yeah, that's I right. don't think Utah is much better than those teams. So I don't know. It's gonna be a bloodbath in the West. Quick question, very quick. Yeah. Who's who's better this season? Because I'm just looking at it now. Who's better, the Wolves or the Warriors? Because that is another tell to how hard it's going to be in the West. Yeah. You'd have to go... On paper, it's the Wolves. Mm. The, t- the Timberwolves look so much better on paper, but it's the Timberwolves. <laughs> how many winning seasons have they ever had? Four? When KG was there? Yeah. I don't know. I just, you've, you've, I've learned to bet against the Timberwolves because it always works. So I'm going to go Golden State for that one. Yeah, it, that's a tough decision. Uh, I'm just making sure. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get through a couple more and then we'll finish up. So the India, oh, sorry, the Houston Rockets. It's the a Houston, tough one. There's a lot of question marks over these teams. You've got an angry dog barking. Yeah, but. I didn't think you'd be able to pick that up. Yeah, my neighbor's dog is just a beautiful black um, German Shepherd. Oh, but yep. it gets a bit neat. Gets a bit needy when Dad leaves the house. So, well, that's what you want. You want a dog yeah. that misses you. But anyway, so the Houston Rockets. Um, it's so hard to pick because you don't understand what's going to happen with. Um, uh, they've got a new team essentially again, mm. and also you don't know a lot of health question marks. Yeah, health and also what's going to happen with Harden's sort of him. What's going to happen with him and his mentality? Oh, let me just play it safe. Boogie looked good in preseason. John Walls looked good. Mm. I doubt that Boogie's actually going to be effective on the court because we've seen Boogie lately. Yeah. But if if they're back to their former selves, which they won't be, but if they're 70, 80% with Harden, yeah, that's a good team. Let's not forget that the Houston Rockets have brought in Christian Wood and also, of course, mm. Boogie. Um, they're going in a tiny, not a tiny, but a bit of a different direction to the whole micro ball. Yeah. And so it is go- it's just going to be... No one knows. No one knows. No one knows what's happening in Houston. Harden oh, doesn't know. He hasn't been in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> he... Has he passed his six days, consecutive days I yet? I don't oh, think so. I think it's probably like day three, day four. He's got a while to go. Crazy. Anyway, so I'll just play it safe and put them as... <sighs> You'd have to think they'd still make it. So, You'd assume so. 
Let me put them as seventh. I'm going to go the same. Seventh for the Rockets. Sneaking into the playoffs. I can't really see like the maximizing their potential with a healthy wall and a healthy cousins, but I'm going to, yeah, put them in that seventh bracket because there is a chance that it all sort of turns. And I think we saw it. We've seen it before. James Harden can lead a shit team to the playoffs. Playing that slow ISO ball wins games, unfortunately, when he's that good. Yeah. It might not win championships, but it's going to, you're not going to drop a, drop a game against San Antonio out of luck. They're going to win the games they're supposed to win and lose a few close ones to, to good teams. But overall, they're still going to be a decent team. The Indiana Pacers. Let's do a couple more and then we'll finish up. The Indiana Pacers, they brought in no one and they lost no one. Essentially, let's just go straight to... So last season, they finished fourth, which is pretty nice for them. New coach. New coach. New coach, who I don't know whose name. No, neither do I. <laughs> Indiana Pacers coach. Oh, Nate Bjorkren. I don't know how to say his name. So they moved to one from one Nate to the next one. Yeah. You'd Look, say I- that... So they finished fourth above the Heat and the Sixers and the Nets. You'd say yeah. that all those teams are going to... Have jumped them. Are going to continue their momentum or... You know, Sixers move the offseason moves momentum, Heat finals and Nets uh, health, healthy. Kyrie and Kyrie. <laughs> Kyrie and Kyrie. And boys. Uh, I hate to say it, but I think the Pacers and we'll talk about next week, I think the Raptors as well may see some sliding down this playoffs picture in the East. However, Agreed. let me put them in seventh. I'm going to say yeah, seventh as well. They should not have got... I know the Heat made the finals, but it was pretty not nice that their paces got swept by the Heat in the first round. That was... I thought they were better than that. <laughs> as the higher seed. Yeah, it was... Uh, they had a strange year, though, with like all the depot coming in and out sort of thing. Miles Turner hasn't really shown much. So bonuses, I like him, but like they just... I don't know. They just, they don't have much to offer at the moment. That's it. And let's do one more here and we'll cut it off there. The Los Angeles Clippers. Eighth seed. (laughs) Um, They brought in Nicholas Batum and Sergi Barker, also Luke Kennard, I guess. And they lost Montrez to their uh, cross the whole rivals. Jermichael yep. Green, who was pretty nice for them, actually, and Landry Shamit, I guess. I think it's just going to be more of the same next season, and I'm definitely suspecting- a lot of finger pointing, a lot of complaints. Uh, but I'm suspecting, <laughs> I'm suspecting some redemption from hopefully at least Kawhi, if not PG. I know PG is yeah. already talking it up, but I'm hoping there's some. I might even say the the one seed. Yeah. The NBA's brought in uh, that, which we didn't mention. You get The team gets fined $100,000 if you rest when you don't have an injury or some shit. Yeah. But I think Kawhi's count, if it's degenerative, does that count as an injury? I think it would. I don't know. But in general, just the, just the feel of this season for me, 
I just feel like the Clippers and Kawhi and PG, they're still going to do their little things, but the bigger picture, surely they all come into it. And surely um, Steve Ballmer is trying to say something as well and saying this season, a bit more effort and let's pick up momentum heading into these damn playoffs. Cause that's what they did not have. But what I think before is or what I've said before, sorry, is Kawhi runs his organization and they are doing everything that they, they're at his beck and call. And if he doesn't want to play back to backs, which he doesn't in a condensed season, the league's not going to find them if he's got a degenerative quad knee, whatever it is that he's made up because Uncle Dennis said so. I don't know. I just don't see – I don't think he's going to play all that much. PG is going to carry a lot of the weight. Um, they're still going to be a top three seed, I'm assuming, depending on you know their health. But I don't think they're going to be like, we want to come into the playoffs all cylinders firing. I think they will be the same as they were last year where it's – Let's get to the playoffs and we'll do our work there. And they're, they're, they're going to take the mentality of we had weaknesses and we've gotten rid of some of them. We're not going to collapse like we did. Hopefully they still will. But I think they're going to run it back as they did. And we did note last pod that Sergi Barker, in terms of playoff basketball, is a better player than Montrez Harrell. Definitely. So you can keep them on the court. So, I mean, I, that, that, this team is the is the second best team in the West and maybe in the NBA. They should be making the, the damn conference finals. You know, it's a Clippers curse. But like you know, um, preference and your attitude towards them, yours or mine aside, you know, you hate them, I love them. Surely they should. They their goal should be the championship really. And surely at least if not one, surely top two. I'm putting them in second. I think we'll talk about next week, but there's a, a certain somebody I've learned not to bet against. And I think he'll <laughs> carry a certain team to the number one seed once again. And his name rhymes with Habon. <laughs> no, that was, <laughs> that, was, that was so bad. <laughs> okay. It's pretty stock standard from you. Um, that wraps up this week's show. We'll continue with part two next week and we'll Beauty. start off with the Los Angeles Lakers and we'll talk about what we think they're going to be doing this season. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show and to all our new viewers and subscribers on YouTube, please come back. <laughs> I don't know. I don't we know we I, need you. I don't know where I was going with that, but thank you for subscribing. Also, if you just want to go audio, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you are on Apple Podcasts, don't to leave, don't forget to leave a review or a five-star rating and press follow and subscribe, whatever you... All you, that jazz. Wherever you're consuming it from. Also, check us out on social media, the Bronx Sheer Basketball, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also, JL, TikTok. Oh, no. We're on TikTok. Oh my god! I've I only uploaded one snippet of the Drew Hanlon pod last week. I found it hard to continue to upload because I'm on TikTok. You are. I'm famous. Oh, you're I, putting me on there. Yeah, you're on TikTok. Yeah, um, I'm no, famous. No, like the TikTok. Trust me, the TikTokers uh, didn't like grab to our video that much. Because, oh man, because it's too like it's not 
poppy enough. It's just it's a snippet of our interview. But anyway, if you're on there, go follow that's us. Um, and that's it, JL. I Beautiful. I'll talk to you next week. And I cannot wait. I guess I will have spoken to. We'll speak about the Sixers and Celtics preseason game. <laughs> I'm. As per with these two teams, it's going to be going one way and it's always green. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you next week. Catch you, mate.